Hello folks, I'm Greg Harton, editorial page editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. In today's session, we're going to talk about a choice that the people of Bentonville have to make coming up next week. Bob McCaslin, Bentonville's mayor for the last 12 years, did not run for re-election. That led to a five-person race in the November 6th election. Uh, as expected, when such a large field of candidates come out, nobody in the race got the majority of votes needed to win the contest outright. Voters will decide in a runoff election who will serve in the uh, next four-year term as mayor. The two remaining contenders are Stephanie Orman, who joins us today, and Jim Webb. Mr. Webb is 37, and he's a senior national account manager for Backyard Discovery and Step 2 vendors that service Walmart and Sam's Club. He served on the city council from 2015 to February 2018, and he resigned from the city council when he moved out of the ward that he was elected to represent. Orman, who is 43, is, uh, has represented Ward 1 on the city council since 2015, and she is the director of social media and community involvement with McClarty Daniel Automotive Group in Bentonville. The Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette originally planned a public forum in which the two remaining candidates could talk about city issues and give voters a chance to ask questions. Mr. Webb declined our invitation to participate in the forum with Ms. Orman. Ms. Orman accepted. We then offered both candidates the opportunity to participate in recorded interviews such as this one in lieu of appearing together. Mr. Webb declined, Ms. Orman accepted, and joins us today in our Springdale newsroom. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Uh, let's just start off with your basic message to voters. Uh, what would you like the voters of Bentonville to know about you and your campaign to become mayor? Sure. Well, um, I like to give people a little bit of history about me because I think people want to know who they're voting for, who the person is. So, you know, I can say, I'm, you know, I'm a wife and a mom. Um, I'm also a business um, person in the area. Um, and then I serve as a nonprofit board president um, and then um, PTO president. So I'm very involved with my kids in the, in the school, um, very involved with the community. But um, I am currently serving my uh, fourth year on Bentonville City Council. Um, and um, so I've been through Benton, the Bentonville Police, uh, Citizens Police Academy. I've been through Leadership Benton County. I have an uh, undergraduate degree from the University of Arkansas and a graduate degree from uh, Missouri State. So that's a little bit about me. And, um, you know, I'm just very, um, uh, try to be very involved with our community from being involved with our neighborhood association um, to uh, the chamber. Um, and I care about the community. And, um, I, w I would like the opportunity to serve. Okay, we did actually uh, have some readers submit some questions and sure. uh, had a few of those, and, and one in particular uh, had asked about educational background. Uh, you mentioned the degrees that you have. What are those degrees in? Sure, so I have an undergraduate from uh, the University of Ar uh, Arkansas, um, broadcast journalism, and then a master's degree in communications. Um, so that's that. And um, while I was getting my master's degree, I actually worked um, at the university um, in what they call a conflict resolution center, yeah. um, a mediation center. And so I have a little bit of background from my school years in uh, mediation. Okay. Um, what do you feel like in your term on the city council that uh, you have most directly influenced? Uh, what would you kind of consider your most significant achievements? in uh, your time on the city council? Sure, so um, I've really tried to be very engaged with um, the community and understand their concerns. And when they have concerns, um, bring them in, um, help them to meet staff and address those on individual um, levels. A lot of things we're dealing with on um, city council revolve around planning and zoning. And so um, starting to think through those um, processes and um, in particular for me, uh, one of my platforms is infrastructure. Um, and uh, hopefully if elected, you'll see us uh, look at a comprehensive road plan and a comprehensive drainage study. Those are two of my big um, uh, platform items that we, we have to look at. And it's, it's, um, that's what you hear when you're engaged with the public. That's um, things that affect them every day. And they really want um, the city to be um, prepared and planning for those items. And um, we're trying to maintain, you know, be, do responsible growth. We're going to grow, and that's a good thing for the area. That means we have jobs, 
um, but we have to make sure that we're doing it in a responsible manner. Okay. Um, one of the, uh, you talk about your infrastructure approach. Uh, if I understand what I've read and, and what you've said in the past, it, it involves uh, potentially a bond program. Um, uh, and I, I think in some of the um, I, a couple of the forums out there that uh, there's been some discussion of whether that's the way to go or I think Mr. Webb had commented that he thought that there was money, you know, uh, what's the term, uh, the kind of wasted spending uh, in the budget um, and that, that he thought there was opportunities there to fund some of those sorts of things. Um, yeah, tell me a little bit about your response to that and, and, and your own kind of approach to uh, how Bentonville could deal with some of those infrastructure issues. Sure. So um, we just went through the budgeting process with City Council. Um, it's a pretty extensive process starting um, with department heads and, and the mayor works with them um, initially um, several months in advance to this. Um, and then it finally gets to City Council in November and we work through. And so my um, uh, the way I try to approach it is, you know, to meet with your department heads individually once it's presented to you. And, you know, one of the first questions I ask them is, you know, is there, do you feel like anywhere in your budget that there's waste? And when they're, um, this year, the particular ask was for um, mostly um, employees or manpower because of the, the growth to handle that. And, um, you know, I think if you talk to your department heads, they went back and found things in their budget um, that they could remove so that they could add those employees. And I would tell you, I think that's across the board in our departments. Um, you know, we are, um, we're a municipality that we're legally required to carry a balanced budget. So, um, um, you know, an idea of what kind of, some people look at what they do on a national level with a national budget, but actually in a municipality, you're required by law um, and that to make sure that we have a balanced budget. So. I would ask, you know, show, tell me where the waste is. Mm -hmm. um, the other part of that um, is Mr. Webb um, could be on city council um, right now. He was elected and he did move out of his ward and resigned, so um, had to resign. So he could actually be working through this process on city council right now um, and making sure if he thought that there was waste in there um, that it's being addressed. But mm -hmm. I feel confident. Um, that we and um, all of your council members and um, it was you know our uh, meetings are open to the public and I think the people that have been sitting in on our budget meetings um, know that we've looked through things I think our department heads um, know that they've looked through things and also if you know our current mayor um, he runs a conservative budget if anything we maybe get accused of having too conservative of a budget but um, you know I don't think you're gonna find a lot of um, waste um, in the city of Bentonville we also win uh, uh, we're um, audited, um, and then we also uh, have, for several years now, um, received a budget award um, as well. So, Okay. Um, this is really just an aside, but I think the city council meeting last night lasted like nine minutes uh, long, which is always uh, amazing to me when you see the length of some other cities' um, <laughs> city council meetings. Um, it is... Why, why would a nine-minute meeting happen? Well, one of the things we did approve was the budget, and so um, we've had previous meetings. But, you know, I think one of the things that the mayor, um, our current mayor, instills in you is to make sure that if you have questions that you're, you know, you try to go and meet directly with the department heads to try to get those answered. And so I usually do try to do that, and I think um, most all of the other city council members do try to do that. And then if there's a question or something they feel like as a whole we need to address, um, that's usually how we address those instead of waiting until um, the meeting. So that may be just how we approach that a, a little bit differently. But, um, you know, if you go online, you can see our the short agenda and then you can see the long agenda. So each of the department heads, when they're asking for something, you know, they're giving us a very detailed um, itemization of exactly what they're asking for, why they're asking for that. Um, and so, you know, like I said, if, there, if we once we've read through that, if we have um, questions, we use I, I, at least I usually reach out ahead of time and try to make sure we answer those. And, and does that process? Uh, do you think that process involves the public enough? Um. Well, our, our meetings, you can come and speak to any agenda item. I mean, I think one of the things that I've talked about is um, opening up some communication doors um, mm -hmm. with the city, and so. 
I think you'll see, um, if I'm elected, you'll see us um, look at some ways to do that. And um, I've talked about kind of community roundtables and things, I think, where you can start to see issues ahead of time before they actually make it to the agenda and, and, and they come um, from the public, too. And so I think you'll see us um, do some things like that that are a little more engaging. We do currently have um, the way that City Council is set up is that you, um, you come in and you sign in and you're supposed to talk to an agenda item. Um, if you speak. But I have to be honest with you, I'm one of those that if anybody's ever said that they have an issue and it's not on the agenda, I've said, you know, go sign in and they'll typically ask city council, but I've never seen us deny anyone to talk. But um, the um, concept of having um, comments maybe um, at the end of our um, city council meeting, um, open comments has been brought up and that's something I think that we could definitely look at. Um, again, I think the public, um, you know, they want to be listened to, and, and I think we need to respond to that. Um, nine times out of ten, I tell people it's usually some type of legal or funding issue, and usually we can explain that and work through that with people. So, Okay. Um, you mentioned Mr. McCaslin, uh, Mayor McCaslin. Um, you've received his endorsement, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, he's been mayor for 12 years, and uh, John Skaggs, who uh, was a longtime judge, who uh, uh, also ran for mayor but has endorsed you um, after he didn't make the runoff. Uh, what? Tell me a little bit about what you think voters should take from those endorsements. Um, you know, I've, I've heard some people suggest that, you know, that uh, Mayor McCaslin's endorsement just means, well, you know, that you're a continuation of his, his leadership. Uh, and... Uh, um, you know, is, is that okay for people to, to believe? Uh, is, you know, help me to understand what those endorsements should mean to people. Sure. Well, I think um, if you look at the city of Bentonville over the past 12 years, um, the mayor's done a, a wonderful job. He cares about the city. Um, you know, but we, we differ on opinions sometimes and, and things. And But I think what he appreciates is I'm always going to be one that, you know, has done my research and I'm going to bring my ideas to the table. Um, and I think he appreciates that. So we don't agree on everything, but that's part of, you know, having a, a diversity in your opinions and um, being able to bring your arguments to the table. When you're um, talking about um, a city and, and listening to your, you're elected as a mayor, and so you want to make sure you're listening to the public and bringing those ideas, but you're, you're trying to um, be fair to the whole and to represent the whole. And so, you're going to have different ideas sometimes, but how you get there and how you bring people together, I think is really important. And I think he, um, both, uh, I don't want to speak for them. You probably should ask them directly this question, but I feel like they think that I can bring that to the table to bring people together and to be collaborative. And, um, so I would say that's probably one of the reasons, maybe if you've asked them, um, why they would have chosen to endorse me. Okay. I'll put you on the spot. Can you, can you give me an example of a time where you and Mayor McCaslin have been on different sides of the issue? <laughs> um, well, we are. Cur I currently serve on the um, Animal Shelter Task Force, mm -hmm. um, and um, you know, I think everything within the city you're, you're prioritizing. So I think he has different had just different priorities right now. So. Um, Obviously, if I said on the task force, I think that it's something that people have said that um, they would like for Bentonville to look at trying to, to do. And, and I've said from the beginning, um, well, I'll give you a little history. Um, we only take dogs right now, and, and we were sending them to Rogers, and we had some issues there. And so we have an agreement with Centerton now, um, but it, it is, you know, it's got a timeline on it. And so I do feel like that's um, a Bentonville issue, um, and Bentonville should be um, trying to take care of it. Um, the other thing is, I always try, I, I have a list of, uh, uh, my top 10 list of things that I get contacted about on city council, and um, our cat population has actually been um, in that top 10 list throughout the, the four years that I've served, um, and that's something that we currently do not um, deal with, so if you have, uh, if you call for us to do anything with cats, we won't we won't do that. So I do think that's something that we have to look at and incorporate. And I think um, just being involved with the task force that you have a public that is um, passionate about, that's something that they feel is important to Bentonville. Um, so, you know, that would be um, 
maybe an issue that we don't and I don't like I said I, I think it's more of a prioritizing issue um, things that he wants to get done okay so okay um, let's talk about the animal shelter that, that is an issue that has been uh, talked about a lot and with the task force and um, we had one of our readers uh, submit his thoughts and a question about why Bentonville really why there should be a push in Bentonville to have its own animal shelter and his suggestion was that when you take a look at you know three hundred thousand dollar plus for a design and then a few million dollars for actual construction that uh, that can pay for a lot of years of using somebody else's facilities such as Centerson's uh, to uh, to take care of uh, that issue and avoid a not in my backyard kind of argument within Bentonville. Um, so, you know, how do you respond to a, a person, a citizen who has those kinds of concerns? Well, I think um, I've been working on the Animal Shelter Task Force, and so one of the things, you know, when we first um, came together, we had to decide what what that what the shelter would look like, what the entity would look like. And so um, what we've decided on is it, there would be a city um, portion of that, but there also would be an extensive nonprofit um, portion of that. And so and when you say we, you mean the task force? The task force, okay. yes. Um, so nothing has come in front of city council or anything yet. It's just that we've had an, a task force trying to work um, together with that. I um, am particularly on our fundraising portion of that because I do feel like um, – that the nonprofit portion of that will be us, um, you know, trying to work with private entities to make sure we can feel, fulfill some of those services. Um, so I think it's important for the public to understand where the task force is at, what their objectives are, and where, I mean, I think we're trying to clearly define um, what would be the city, city um, entity portion of that and what that would entail, and then also what would be the nonprofit portion of that and how that partnership would work together. Um, again, we're coming back to legal and funding issues um, that all have to be worked through. But, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to approach it um, in a responsible manner. Um, we're going to make sure that um, when we put the final project together that we can present those numbers and that um, the city council and, and the community, I think, as we bring it to the table, people will start to wrap their hands around it and start to understand and start to understand that we're not asking for the entire thing to be funded by um, taxpayer dollars, that we're actually wanting to bring um, private entities into the skin in the game, I have to say. And uh, I think at the end of the day, you'll find that we'll, we'll be able to put something together that Bentonville um, needs to make sure we take care of the city needs um, but then on the nonprofit side um, some of those wants and other desires that have come through the task force will be able to um, get the passionate people that are passionate about it um, wrapped around that and uh, that nonprofit portion of it as well. So why does why do some people in Bentonville feel like a service such as animal control should require a private effort. Um, uh, I think Mr. Sanchez at the meeting last night, I perhaps, you know, was, was questioning, well, who else's money is going to be involved in this? You know, who, who else is bringing money to the table? Uh, you could certainly make the argument that that's a municipal service and shouldn't municipal government take care of that service. Um, so help me to understand this idea that a nonprofit ought to, that the city ought to rely on a nonprofit to be funding some portions of that. I don't think the intake portion of it was what he was referring to, but I, I maybe, maybe I misunderstood what he was referring to. I think in particular he was referring to the design aspect of it, and I think he was talking about if your design is for both the city portion and the nonprofit portion of that, how does that work? And again, like I said, we're, we're um, trying to put something together and there will be some legal and some funding issues on how that works together that we have to, we have to work through. But um, we have a good staff, we have a good task force, and I'm confident at the end of the day that we'll bring to the table something that um, city council will be um, happy with and, and hopefully the com community will be happy with. So what is it that you're looking at that, that the nonprofit aspect of this would pay for um some of the so we've done several um uh, public input meetings um and so i'd have to pull my paper to tell you exactly what but we've kind of defined what the what we could see as 
um, needs mm-hmm. and then wants and desires. And so when you get into your wants and your, your likes, we see those kind of as where the nonprofit portion of it okay. um, falls. So basic services mm-hmm. coming from the city mm-hmm. and then bells and whistles more or less. Yes. Uh, come. Okay. Yes. And I probably have that page in front of me somewhere. I could find and list those for you or I could leave it with you. Okay. But, but it has been defined by the task force. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, if you become mayor, uh, it'll be l- probably a little less we and more I sort of uh, leadership uh, because, you know, the mayor is elected citywide and is, is not just one voice among the full city council. Uh, so, so where would your leadership go on the issue of the animal shelter? Um, well, like I said, I serve on the task force, so I'm. I'm um, Would you for... continue in that role as mayor? Um, we're, you know, we just had that conversation on how do we, because um, it's kind of been a separate task force without um, city employees setting on that. And I will right. say that's one thing I am passionate about as you move forward with that task force is making sure that we have um, uh, legal representation from the city and um, financial representation. So when you're you're talking about this, you, you got to get them all mixing together. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how that will um, unfold, to be to be honest with you. Um, I want to be involved with it, but, um, you know, if you're a setting mayor, I don't know that I think, I do think initially, I mean, you want to be able to be invited to the meetings and maybe sit in and listen. Mm-hmm. But as far as the actual task force, I think you want to let them formulate their game plan and then be able to bring it to city council but that's you know that's one of the things like i said we've we've talked about um in our budgeting session as well is how do we how do we when we're making decisions or we have task force or you know um, how do we incorporate city council more in those um, and how do we incorporate um, the public a little bit more in those so i'm definitely one that likes to um, be involved but i do think it's really important to be um, the listener sometimes, mm-hmm. um, and let it get fleshed out. And then, I mean, ultimately at the n- end of the day, um, it would become before city council. And, uh, so you've got to convince that group first and only if it comes to a tie, would it actually even would the mayor vote on it? So, right. <clears throat> so, um, let's touch on the, uh, Lake Bella Vista, Bella Vista dam and, and, and Lake Bella Vista out there. Um, that's something that the uh, the next mayor is certainly going to have to deal with. Um, uh, the The property is owned by the city of Bentonville, uh, uh, but there seems to be a lot of interested parties in its future. Uh, one reader suggested that you've been fairly non-committal in terms of what you would like to see happen out there, um, and their question was um, uh, essentially how firmly are you willing to answer the question as to what your leadership will look like on the issue of the Lake Bella Vista Dam? Uh, what vote can voters expect out of you on that issue, and how important is that to the city? Sure. Well, <laughs> this one, again, is a, a little bit of a complicated issue. Um, there is a, a legal aspect to it that um, has not been clearly defined for me on, on where that lies. Um, and I could go into that, but it's a fairly lengthy conversation. But um, there is a conveyance agreement, um, and it has not been presented. Now, I didn't serve. There was a task force um, for this particular issue, and I didn't serve on that um, task force. Um, so there may be more detailed information out there that just hasn't been presented in front of city council as yet. Yeah. There's been um, conflicting recommendations right. uh, between parks folks and mm-hmm. task force and and. Uh, um, but I, th- I think the question really is, what do you want to do? So right now there is, we have a $3.2 million um, FEMA money. So we really have to decide, do we go ahead and put together, you know, plans to submit to get the permitting process to, to utilize that $3.2 million is my understanding. To repair the dam. To, no. So no. we can use that either way. And okay. originally, what happened originally was, based on the conveyance agreement and what it said that we that the city had, um, it was implied that the city needed to restore the dam. City council, myself and my opponent, both I think we're both on that win, but we actually voted to use that FEMA funding 
to repair the dam based on that conveyance agreement. Um, in that process, there was a lawsuit um, and stopped um, that from happening. So when that happened, um, it went to a task force. Um, the task force wasn't really presented to just look at that $3.2 million FEMA funding. They were presented kind of three options that were all in the $9 million plus range. So they, decide, they recommended a stream with a side channel. Um, and that recommendation... Side, side channel lake. Side channel lake, yeah. yes. And then that recommendation then went to the Parks and Rec Board, who um, ultimately um, voted on a stream. But understand those are all the, the $9 million projects with the recreational facilities. What we have access to right now is the $3.2 million in FEMA funding. So an option to just utilize that that wasn't really in front of either of those two um, entities. So I think what we have to decide right now is do we go ahead and use this $3.2 million on on whatever it is, trying to, um, you know, remove the dam and do whatever stream restoration you can with that? Or do you um, try to move through plans and figure out the funding on these $9 million recommendations? And that's really where the project is. Right. I've honestly said from the beginning I would be okay with a lake or a stream or a combination. Um through the process and through what I have learned, again, I didn't send on the task force, is um, it does seem like maintenance-wise and, and things of that nature that um, the stream and, re and removing the dam um, is where I see the park board leaning and, and entities that have been involved with this process. And again, I've said all along, we have, you know, if we can do it legally and financially then that's what we'll do the stream mm -hmm. that's what you're talking about yes okay um so that that's the option you would look at if unless there's a barrier to going that route right okay all right i think i understand that i appreciate that um Anything else on the issue there? Like you say, it's a complicated issue, and you've kind of got Bella Vista folks and Biltonville folks that have it different is. attachments and, and that sort it of is. thing. It is. Anything both, else? There's on passion on both sides of it, you know, and so, but like I said, at the end of the day, it has to be the right um, decision, in my opinion, for the taxpayer dollars and for the city of Bentonville. Um, and again, there is that funding issue there that we don't know on those larger projects exactly if we have private funding to help with that or not because it hasn't, you know, been committed to. So when you know you have $3.2 million, but that's not what was proposed in any of these groups, do you go ahead and try to utilize that money? Mm -hmm. um, or do you try to put together the $9 million plan, make sure you have the extra funding? And that's really where my understanding of the project is. Again... I haven't sat on the task force or the, the Parks and Rec Board. I went to their final meetings when they um, made their recommendations, but mm -hmm. nothing has actually at this point been presented to um, city council to mm -hmm. vote on or to even have the discussions. I've said all along, you know, I would like to understand the maintenance fees of that area because um, we kind of got ourselves into this by not maintaining the dam. Right, um, right. People... I mean, I would agree. You go out there; it's not a, it's not an enjoyable place to be at right now. Um, and so, do we need to move forward and, and make a decision? Yes, but you need to make that decision with all the information. Um, and again, make sure the legal and the funding part of it is sure. there. Sure. Uh, for for people who, you know, this issue is very important to them. You know, how, how do they evaluate your answer as they consider voting for? or not for you next week? If the recommendation of the stream came in front of us, I would support the stream. Okay. Um, the, uh, let's talk for a minute about this controversy that kind of flared up that had, had to play a role in 
and uh, I think us not having a public forum where you guys could uh, could have a discussion right after the November sixth election. Uh, this controversy uh, propped up about a conversation that Mr. Webb apparently had with Mr. Skaggs, uh, another uh, candidate for mayor uh, who placed third in the race. Uh, Mr. Skaggs said uh, that Mr. Webb offered him a job in exchange for his endorsement. Uh, you've said that you've reported that information to the FBI. Uh, do you believe Jim Webb uh, made an improper attempt to gain Mr. Skaggs' endorsement? Um, what I've said all along with this is that I was given that information and I passed along to the proper authorities. Um, we have a system in place um, that can investigate and make that decision. Um, so that's kind of been my comment all along about this. I haven't made accusations. I haven't said, I said I was given this information. Um, Mr. Skaggs has um, confirmed that actually in an affidavit, I believe, of his, of what he says happened, but it was a conversation between them. I've never said anything other than it was given to me um, and I passed along to the proper authorities. Um, um, in regards to the proper authorities, um, I would say that our um, prosecuting attorney, who might be who you would send it to, um, had endorsed Webb in this particular race. And so for me, that wasn't um, the best option. But I did, I mean, I would think anyone out there, if you were giving that, given that information, you know, I didn't put it on social media, I didn't do anything like that, I gave it to the proper authorities and then we have a process for them to investigate okay so in terms of impact on anybody's voting if you were voting in the race for mayor you're saying you're not making any evaluation as to whether somebody should consider this in the race for mayor i always you're, you're just passing along information you don't take a stance on whether it's something of value to consider in the mayor's race I always tell people to be an educated voter. And to be educated on this piece, you, you probably need to go to Mr. Skaggs and understand or, um, you know, uh, read the affidavit of, of what he said happened. Yeah. Um, and, and do you believe Mr. Skaggs? I, I would tell you that I don't have any reason not to. Mm -hmm. So I think Mr. Skaggs is a, a gentleman. I mean, he's a former judge. I think he believes in the law. There is a state statute that um, is that he has referenced to that. So, you know, you have to go again, go to your to the source of the information, which is not me. Um, and I would encourage voters to the, to do that. Okay. Well, and as you say, Mr. Skaggs has said that it happened. Um, and he has not I, recanted that. He's, no. And as a as a candidate. You're, you're trying to navigate this very carefully, I understand, but how should voters respond to this? They should get the, get the information. I mean, like I said, I believe in being an informed voter, mm -hmm. um, and to me, being informed on that would, would make a difference. So that's all I can really okay. state. I mean, I'm not here to speak for anybody else. Okay. Let's, uh, just so we, everybody's got this on the record, how did you get Mr. Skaggs' endorsement? How did I get Mr. Skaggs' right. endorsement? Um, I'm not, well, he, I mean, he just offered the endorsement, okay. so I mean. So you, you didn't call him up after the election and any, because that's, well, we you know, that's all, uh, what yeah. apparently happened with, Mr. Webb and and there were some conversations there, so I think it's just kind of natural to say, okay, well, you got the endorsement. Yes. So. Well, we I think we probably both asked for an endorsement. I don't I don't know, but um, exactly what happened in that conversation. Um, right. But that's. But but your your contact with Mr. Skaggs is I guess what I'm asking about. Would be to ask for an endorsement. Yes. Mm -hmm. And did that happen the day after the election, or was that prior to the election, or? It was after the election. And I'm not sure exactly if it was the day after. Um, I'd have to go back and okay. I mean, it would have to be fairly look. fairly soon because yeah. all this kind of erupted 
uh, like two days after the election, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Mr. Webb, in rejecting the idea of a public forum, you know, raised, you know, he, he basically made this into a question of integrity uh, that he directed at you. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to, to respond to that in whatever fashion you want to. Uh, uh, you know, he basically said that he was not going to participate in a forum to, you know, and raised a question about your integrity uh, involved in this incident. And so there you go. Again, I think I would refer everyone to the affidavit um, uh, of Mr. Skagg's statement on exactly what happened. You know, it was a conversation between the two of them, and I can't, I can't speak to it. All I can say is it was sent to me, and I gave it to the proper authorities. And um, I would ask. I mean, I I would certainly appreciate the opportunity to ask Mr. Webb right here where where um, you know I my level of integrity has not stood out in this um, race. Um, unfortunately, I'm not having the opportunity to do that today. Okay. <clears throat> Um, let's talk for a minute about affordable housing. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it, but there's a story in the last few days from the Wall Street Journal that uh, talked about in, um, it was a story looking at communities that built a museum and the impact that that had. Uh, Crystal Bridges is a pretty good museum. Uh, And uh, uh, this uh, Wall Street Journal story said in 2012, a year after Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art opened in Bentonville, only two homes were sold downtown for $300,000 or more. So far this year, 56 homes have sold for over $300,000, including new construction. Is that a good development for Bentonville? Uh, economically, it seems like it would be, but in uh, terms of, you know, people being able to afford living in that area, it seems like that would make things tougher. So how, is, is that something the mayor has to deal with? And, and how do you feel about that, that aspect of this kind of booming town of Bentonville? Um, well, I've always said I'm kind of a free market supply and demand um, person. So um, I think that's what you're seeing. We have amazing amenities in Bentonville and we're blessed to have those. Um, and that's really my comment on that. Um, I think you're seeing um, tremendous growth in Bentonville and people wanna be in Bentonville. Um, and so, you know, when you look at different areas um, and you're talking maybe about affordable housing and, and different things, sometimes you're looking at, you know, really blighted areas. Um, but I think right now developers, you know, they wanna be in Bentonville. And so um, we wanna, I think there's things within, um, the city as far as just um, streamlining things and planning and things of that nature. But as far as if you're getting to the question of incentives, which is maybe um, where this is leading, I tend to be um, free market supply and demand on that. Now, I do think that there are, um, um, especially in Bentonville, and as I I start to talk to people, um, issues with people that are currently in, on fixed incomes or in um, affordable housing in Bentonville. And what they're seeing is, um, you know, their rents continue to rise. And so one of my suggestions has been to um, work, um, I talked earlier about our community roundtables, but to work within our um, nonprofit um, entities um, in in community roundtables and understanding that. And are there some um, ways that we can address that through nonprofits in particular, um, I believe it was the United Way had provided paper products um, in some of the areas in, in Bentonville, and that's went away. I'm not exactly sure why, but I think looking at those um, and other ways um, to work through that, um, I think there's um, things um, in particular on a citywide level to make cost of living um, affordable for for people in Bentonville and one of those things would be um, your electric rates um, so I voted against raising your electric rates uh, mr. Webb voted for those when he was on council um, and so we're in the third year of a 10% increase um, and so that your electric rates are something that you know affects you every day and it it's it's 
it's across the board to everyone. And so if we can look at ways to understand um, some of those things that as a municipality, we run our own um, utilities. And if there's ways to um, look at those and, and be able to be fair across the board, um, you know, I'm going to be, I'm typically one um, that is for um, lower taxes and, and things of that nature. So I'm always going to be looking for ways. Um, we are growing and we have to understand what our infrastructure costs and things are, but that particular um, um, issue is something that we differed a little bit on and how to um, address that. So, so as, as mayor, do you, <clears throat> excuse me, as mayor, do you, you know, try to take the lead on, on addressing some of the concerns about that and, and, and you know, beyond well, city services be. type things, sure. but actual development of, of, you know, housing that, that, you know, doesn't require a six figure salary to, to afford. Well, we're always going to be looking for ways to make, you know, sure that the, that Bentonville is a place that people can live and work and play. And so, um, you know, but we do that from a making sure that you have um, quality services at a reasonable rate. We do that from making sure, you know, we're the infrastructure. And that's really, in my opinion, where the city's priorities um, lie and, and should, should continue to lie. Okay. <clears throat> we had a, uh, this is sort of related. Um, we had a reader submit a question about uh, the Crystal Flats uh, project, uh, which generated lots of uh, comment uh, uh, when all of that was going on. As I think it ultimately was approved. Um, but uh, how did you kind of navigate that and and what were your thoughts on uh, you know crystal flats being a, a project that i think phase one has 400 and almost 500 housing units in it uh, uh, about 15,000 square feet of commercial space and about 800 parking spaces um, uh, lots of folks concerned about what that's going to do to the community uh, with congestion and and uh, mm. uh, I think thereby Memorial Park, you know, concerns about safety issues with so many people. Um, what were your concerns with that and and your process for evaluating that that project? Well, you know, one of my platforms is responsible growth, and and um, I think Bentonville. I mean, obviously, we've been. Um, our growth has been tremendous and I think um, residents um, respect that and understand that and but occasionally we have a development um, doesn't happen very often honestly if you've been to our you we're talking about our city council meetings we're, we're usually a, a pretty agreeable um, party but um, that particular um, project um, we had a lot of in public input um, from that it was in my ward um, and at the end of the day I personally had concerns about um, the infrastructure. There's a, um, it sets on a road that's a two-lane road. Um, I didn't know that we had addressed that um, in that area too. We, we currently already have some drainage concerns and I didn't know that those had been um, addressed with um, the project. Um, so I was a no vote on that. Um, and um, I really just tried to listen to the public in that. And, and you have to look at things you know, we have a planning commission um, they're appointed and they're going to look at our guidelines and our documents and a lot and they're going to be um, uh, advised legally to look at those and understand those and so i can see where they um, you know made their decision on it but when it came to city council we're elected we're elected by the public and that's one of our responsibilities is to re represent the public and um, overwhelmingly in my ward and especially people that were um, right in lived right in and backed up to that particular project they had concerns um, about the infrastructure um, there's a school right there as well that's already at um, uh, capacity so my kids actually attend that school so it was a, a concern for me as well um, I did think that the property should be um, built on it was always meant to be built on but that particular project and the way that it was presented and laid out um, had lots of concern for me and again the public had lots of concerns about it and um, so that's what determined my vote okay and your vote ultimately was no against the project mm -hmm. okay um, but that's it, it was the specifics of that project not nobody can take some larger kind of explanation for 
voting yeah, is, against a large scale project. No, like that. I mean we've, like you said, we've we've passed lots of growth projects in in Bentonville. Yeah. So, but um, that particular one, like I said, honestly, we have a pretty um, we have a great community, and and they they do understand um, growth. And for the most part, we don't have. I think mm-hmm. you guys you could probably vouch from um, having someone at our city council meetings. Um, we get along pretty well, but mm-hmm. um, that was one project. So. Um, the uh, discussion the other night, uh, I think it was Monday night, about the budget, there were some comments about needing more of a long-term process uh, for looking past just the, the following year. Um, and, um, you know, what's your evaluation of how the city budgets? Because that, that's something that the mayor's office is deeply involved in. It is. Um, you know, is there a, a problem with long-term budgeting, long-term uh, a vision uh, as far as uh, making plans for the, the sorts of things that can be anticipated, you know, not just next year, but five years, ten years from now. Um, I think one of the things that came out of that discussion was I think the individual part departments, do they do have that long-term planning. I think what I took from that discussion is maybe city council wants to be a little bit more involved with that so that they um, – understanding a little bit more where the priorities are in each department and so that's kind of what I took from that and um, it was mentioned about kind of um, having cor- some quarterly reports um, and maybe some more again going back to um, just more communication in the de- with the departments and the and the, the elected um, officials um, and I think that's a good thing because ultimately when you're elected official um, you know it's especially on city council when you're not the mayor and you're there every day and you're engaging in everything and you have that knowledge um, for city council you're you're usually getting your agenda on Thursday and then you're having to vote that next Tuesday but you're not involved in all of the the communication that goes into getting that agenda in front of you so I think um, I think there's a desire from um, city council to kind of um, open that up a little bit and I think really from the department heads they they want your, their elected representatives to understand where their priorities are. And so um, I think that's something that you'll probably see if, if elected that we'll, we'll try to bridge that communication gap and, and uh, um, have that opportunity. Okay. Um, the You talked about infrastructure a little earlier. Uh, I, I had made note of your comments kind of throughout the campaign about your infrastructure approach uh anything else you want to touch on with regard to that uh to make sure we cover that that topic um i think we pretty much talked about um the roads and the the drainage and those are two big um, priority projects for me um you know we do have a lot of um just maintenance um um with our since we run our own utilities with electric and and so I think those are we have some probably big ticket items um, on some of those um, that we'll definitely have to be looking at. And again, that's all it's all part of growth um, and managing it. And again, making sure your infrastructure is in place. So uh, definitely, utility-wise, um, we'll be wanting to make sure that we're upgrading things and and keeping on top of that. Um, road-wise, um, I think I talked about a comprehensive road plan. Um, and starting to look at um, some ways we can do not just not the, necessarily the just the big projects, but you know the connector road projects and the sidewalk projects and and bringing that into play. Um, I think that is a, uh, those smaller projects as far as the budgeting process. Those are some things that I think we can start to um, put in place um, uh, maybe a little easier with our department heads. Um, so. That's kind of the, and then I've talked about drainage. Uh, again, it's a it's a growth issue when you have so much um, growth occurring. Um, the water has to go somewhere, and so we have to make sure that um, we're providing that infrastructure there. And you feel like that the bond issue approach is is a, a so we've, strong way to go with that. We've um, talked about that, and I've talked about it specifically to um, transportation or roads, um, and. My reasoning there is just when you look at the sheer cost of our some of our large road projects, I just you can't get to them within our current budget. Now, understand what a bond is. Like we have to do our research and we have to present to the public, and I would do that in a very open and transparent. It won't be 
you know, week that nobody's in, in, in town. But if we decide that there are some certain uh, road projects that we feel like for the, the health of the city need to come before them, then we will make our case. We'll build that case and we will be very transparent with the public of, of w- what that case is and, and, and how we get there. And so that's how I would approach it. I just, like I said, you know, when you're talking, you know, for, I can name several projects, but um, uh, we've got a large 8th Street project. We've got a um, J Street project that these projects are currently listed on our 10-year road plan. Um, the J Street project has not even been started and, um, you know, roughly, and this is just um, a rough estimate, you know, in the $75 million range, when you start to talk about those type of projects, that project in particular has, I think, county and state involved with it as well. And so they get, you know, when you're dealing with different entities and just the sheer cost of building roads. I mean, when we um, did the 10-year plan, um, they were obviously budgeted for, but uh, we can go back and pull what that was originally budgeted for and now what we're looking at in some of those um, projects. And that's just um, the truth about um, road projects right now. They're very expensive and they um, are, you know, oftentimes tripling in cost mm-hmm. by the time that we actually get to them. So yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you wait a few years on a project, yeah. you, you've almost yeah. got to start the math all over again. You do. Um, a few things that, uh, uh, again, we had tried to have the opportunity to have uh, both you and Mr. Webb together to answer questions. I uh, did want to touch on a few things that he cited as his uh, case for uh, becoming mayor. I'm sure it's far more complex than this, but it boils down uh, in, in our coverage the other day with, um, you know, that he felt like that he could be most effective in finding the wasted money within the budget. Um, uh, that he's managed million-dollar budgets in private business, that he's a third-generation Bentonville native, and that his professional background has better positioned him to the, to the position of mayor and the responsibilities of the job. Give me your response to that as to why, I guess, he's wrong and you're right in, in telling people that you really need to be the, the mayor for the next four years. Um, I think I alluded this, to this earlier, but... Um Mr. Webb could currently be sitting on city council. He could have currently just went through the budgeting process that all of us did that are on city council. And to me, that's, you know, the biggest difference. If you, if you want to, when you could be a part of something right now, but you've chosen to, to move out of your ward and not fulfill your term, how fulfill, how much, how much dedication and are you going to be to, um, light to trying to find waste in the budget, which I would also question, you know, where please right. tell us where that that is um we've had very extensive conversations and again i've had one-to-one conversations with most of our department heads specifically saying you know what was your need um this year and where did you go back and um, remove something to try to make sure you get that need and that's that's the truth about how we budget in bentonville it's a conservative budget um all of the department heads are they're, that's the way they think. That's the way the uh, current mayor operates. So um, I just don't, I don't, unless you can specifically pinpoint something out, it's an easy talking point uh-huh. to say on the outside. But again, he had the opportunity to be on the inside and working through this. So so your, your professional background and working with, with uh, uh, the auto dealership, uh, I'm not sure exactly what your job entails. Sure. Um, so, you know, I, I take it from his um, emphasis on professional background that he's, he's wanting, wanting those two things compared. Give me an idea of how your professional background you know, really helps in the mayor's office. Sure. Well, I've, um, I've been with the, the McCarty Daniel group for, you know, roughly a year and a half. Um, but before that I was a marketing director. Um, so in charge of, um, advertising budgets, um, co-op advertising. Um, and I was with a company before then for uh, probably 15 years. So, um, I haven't had, you know, I haven't had multiple jobs. Um, I've been, in a position of um, a director role. Um, I'm in a position of director role now um, and managing budgets. And um, in particular, when you work with um, uh, 
in particular automotive marketing. Um, those are pretty extensive um, ad dollars that go out each month, and you're directly responsible for how those are allocated. You're also directly responsible for um, they call co-op advertising. So not only do you have to make sure they're allocated properly, but you have to make sure everything is run right, and then you actually have to recoup your funds. So it's a pretty extensive budget process um, and a pretty extensive uh Again, you have to make sure that you're operating very effectively and efficiently within those type of budgets because you're held accountable of that, those dollars coming back into the um, company. So um, I would defend my um, you know, work record. Um, you know, unfortunately, he's not here to, to do that, but um, I'd be happy to, like I said, I'd be happy to defend that. But um, I've been in the industry a, a long time and I've dealt with budgets. Currently, um, I'm the director of social media and community involvement, um, and um, our industry has involved, evolved a lot with um, social media, and a lot of that is managing that online reputation, um, which is really key, I think, also in a mayoral role, too, because you're trying to make sure that you're listening to the public and with social media now. Um, you have to be, you have to, you have to be respond, and you have to, to listen um, to the community same thing in a, a business role. It can really affect if, if your social media presence, if your online presence, if your reviews are not where they need to be, um, it can affect your business. Since that works the same way with the city. When we're trying to do projects, if we, have, if we don't have community engagement, we don't have community buy-in on those things, um, we're going to have a much harder time trying to accomplish them. Okay. I usually uh, wrap up interviews by just asking, are there any other issues that we haven't touched on today that you, you want to make sure that you get an opportunity to, to speak about? Um, I just wanted to reiterate, um, you know, with my campaign, we've, we've tried to point out specific um, issues. Um, one of those was the um, outside money coming in through a super PAC. And um, I've said all along that I've I'm passionate about that particular um, issue. Um, I think it's important not only for a local race in Bentonville, especially a local nonpartisan race, but a local nonpartisan race across the United States. You, um, you may want to explain sure. that just a little bit. Sure. Um, so there were there has been super PAC money um, that, have, that has flown into um, my race. Um, and what a super PAC... Um, is allowed to do is they can spend as much money as they can raise from thousands of donors and they can put whatever type of information um, out there about you and for me as a can candidate on the other side I don't I can't debate a piece of paper they can also put whatever name they want to and call their pack whatever they want to um, so I think it's a really um, it's a bad uh, process. It's bad for the political process when that happens. Um, as an individual candidate, I can't take corporate donations and I have to itemize all of my individual donations and all of those are capped. Um, so, you know, when, I, when you see a super PAC come in, especially to a local nonpartisan race, mm -hmm. um, I do think you have to say, you know, what is, why is this outside money coming in to it's, this It's this certainly race? not the norm in Arkansas. It's definitely uh, not. Municipal it is politics. definitely not the norm. I am very passionate about it. everybody's vote counts, and they, sh you know, I I talked earlier about I'm hoping that people are, you know, they want to know who their candidate is, they want to be educated, and um, part of that voting process is understanding that, like who's who's supporting a candidate and and things, and so, um, I hope that we've w raised our, our awareness to that. I feel like the public, um, and especially in Bentonville, has said, you know, we don't really like um, the idea of a super PAC coming into a local nonpartisan race. And so I hope even in our little small um, race that maybe it's an issue that maybe has addressed, been addressed through us in other areas too. And, and uh, like I said, I was very passionate about that and I, and I definitely wanted to um, speak out about that and really, again, help, help educate voters on that because I do think that our democratic republic process is important. The voting process is important, so. Okay. And uh, if I recall correctly, it, it, the amount of money involved was about $40,000 that uh, was being spent independent of either campaign. Uh, but it, it, uh, and I have not seen any of the materials, so uh, I can't speak to that. But it has been, I think, in Mr. Webb's favor or, or at least 
not in your favor. Uh, I, it, it, address that if you want to. I, and like I say, I can't describe it because I haven't seen it. Um, well, I mean, I've seen a couple of the mailers, and they were, you know, they were, I guess you would call them smear mailers like, okay. against me. Um, uh, so they kind of are what they are, I guess. I don't really know um, what else to say about that other than I feel very passionate that it, that it shouldn't happen in, lo- in a local nonpartisan race. And um, candidates should be able to de- de- debate the person on the other side that's making an ac- accusation. I feel very strong about that. And I feel very strong about this a, a public forums. I feel strong about it in a super PAC because um, ultimately you're, you're representing um, the people and you have in my opinion, you can't sit behind a desk at some point and not answer to the public. And you can't, uh, again, if you don't have the opportunity to defend an allegation, um, it, it demeans the process. Okay. Well, I want to thank you very much for your willingness to come in and be part of this uh, process. Again, sorry that our for- public forum didn't work out. Um, but uh, thank you for being here today. We really appreciate the time that you've given us. Um, Early voting in the runoff election is underway and continues through Monday, December 3rd at the Benton County Clerk's Office at the County Administration Building in Bentonville and at the Rogers Office at 2111 West Walnut. On Tuesday, December 4th, voting centers will be open from 7.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m., so uh, we always encourage people to get out there and vote. So go do that, Bentonville residents, and we'll find out on December 4th who the next mayor of Benton will, Bentonville will be. Uh, thanks for listening.